When people ask, is everything a conspiracy? The answer is yes. Who and what is controlling everything and why? They, they practice sorcery. I can't argue against magic. <laughs> I don't know what it is that we live on, but I believe it's a realm. This realm that we live in is the lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell. Chicken snake gods and the Anunnaki and sorcery. If Sam says the chicken snake god is running everything, I'm literally in the world of crazy. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> You're losing. Conspiracy Social Club, aka Deep Waters. Deep waters, deep waters. How are you, Brian? Speaking about pipe bombs, buddy. I want to also have a fun conversation about how I think I want to stop comedy stand up. Oh, let's talk about that. Wait, really? I think I just I, I want to have a conversation a about real that. nice break. Yeah, because I no longer want to connect with anybody. Okay, let's start this that way. We're already started. I have a oh. question though. Yeah, I feel like in 2020 when the pandemic really hit and everyone was kind of forced to just stick to doing podcasts. Yeah, I feel like that almost became the new comedy. And I think Tim sure. Dillon, Tim Dillon, kind of led the way mm. with just how he does his podcast. Well, I, I know that Tim Dillon's talk about how he's somewhat doesn't even want to do stand-up anymore. Right. And I get what he's talking about. Because right. if you do it right, you can get your comedy itch by doing your podcast. Totally. And it's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, about how I'm really in a place where I... Two things. I don't want to connect. <laughs> and I don't want to... Make, I, I Like this notion I have to like make you these people laugh anymore... Is like I think that's why I need to probably take a step back. I, dude, I've been doing comedy since like 1992. Yeah, I've talked about all the relatable shit. Right, right. Every nook and cranny of the relationship between men and women, I have fully just dove into. Hmm. Like, so, what else? So, when you say you don't want to connect, what, what, what is that? Because. You feel it, it does no good, or you feel like the world's. Are you getting? Cynical? I think when there's a when when I watch a comedian who's been doing it for a while go up on stage and they don't care about the crowd, mm. and I do care about. I like, dude. I'm very, very. I I love my fans. I'm so blessed. I went so long without any fans. So and the fact that I have any fans is just amazing to me. So I'm very very conscious of them but like what i want to do on stage it may not be stand-up anymore it may just be a madman ranting and yelling on stage that's a form of stand-up but i have no desire to get a laugh so um i i had an amazing like i was in helium in, in uh philadelphia yeah it was the first time in a year and a half where i played to a sold out full room and in a basement and in where it was hot and, you know, and it was Philly and it was just America and it was whatever. America! It was it just reminded me of things before everything. And it was so intensely satisfying, you know, so it was kind of reminded me of what I do this with, right? And, and I felt, and one of the things that way I keep myself from being cynical and, and exactly how you feel, because I'll, I'll speak to it, is that. I always try to kind of figure out what I can do to surprise myself. Like what new things can I come up with, right? That process of discovery, Yeah, you know? And, um, but I will say, I will say that I have always, always been on that fence where 
If you gave me a lot of money right now and said you never can do stand-up again, I might be okay walking away forever. Mm. I might be okay walking away from the entire business forever, right? Like you have this love-hate relationship with acting. Like I did, did Dean Cain's movie. I had so much fun. It was just a day. But <clears throat> all of that stuff is satisfying, really fun, and then you hate it at the same time. Yeah. Right? And part of it might be because we've been doing it so long. 100 percent and yeah. like my whole thing has been like for the longest time up until like maybe five years ago like i had to make ends meet you know so it was like i always say it's like being in entertainment is like drowning right it's like you're, you're you're keeping up and you got these wild eyes because you're like if i stop swimming i'm gonna drown i right? still feel that way and then somebody like something happens and I see it happen in people where their eyes just kind of calm down. Like I used to say, Tony Hinchcliffe had stripper eyes, like he had <laughs> crazy stripper eyes. And then at some point he calmed down, you know, yeah. and uh, not that I'm at any level at all, but like I am very blessed right now. And, and like, I love my fans and I love live shows. I just am. Do I care to get laughs anymore? That's the whole question. Mm. Do I care to have to elicit a certain response that makes the night successful? Well, laughs aren't a challenge for you because you've been getting laughs forever. Yes. The question I have is, is there, um, is there something else you can do with your stand-up that surprises you? That kind of goes where you go, wow, I didn't think I was capable of this. Is that, do you ever, is there any comic out there that you've seen that makes you inspired in that sense? See, I just don't know if it's comedy anymore. Yeah. I, like last night I did this show in, in the Valley and it was at a, one of these gigs you always talk about that I love to do these chaotic, like weird gigs. And I got a guy now shooting all my stuff and he edited it so real well. And I just love it. And it was the weirdest gig. It was like, I'll, I'll show you a picture of like, and this is what I, I'm into, right? But it's like halfway through the set, I get, I'm like, I just stopped giving a shit about making people laugh and i just start talking mm. like look at look at where i'm sit, standing dude way up there <laughs> yeah in the balconies yeah to this crowd down. look man you're, you're talking about you kind of get i don't know you kind of the magic trick ain't so magic anymore the magic trick ain't so magic anymore yeah. and it's like i'm just dealing with shit on an, a different level that i just the relatability, the the men and women and stuff like that. That's why I always talk about like like what Tim Dillon's doing is so incredibly difficult. What's he doing? And I respect. It's like I'm, I'm sorry to be a gay man. Yeah, selling out comedy clubs. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah. How much of you think of these arena comics are just and all love and respect all of them because it's such an impossible thing to do. Yeah. There's like what 15, 20 of them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's probably less comics selling out arenas than there are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That's probably true. Right? Yeah. And how much is the, of their act, let's face it, is relatability? Whether it's through an ethnic group and stuff like that. That's a lot. That, yeah, a lot of it is that, right? A right? Lot of it, yeah. Like if you actually wrote down the jokes, no disrespect, would they be a Doug Stanhope level joke? Right. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that because we all have- I know exactly what you're saying. Though. Right. Yeah. For, yeah, how, like how much of acts are, are, are of comics are the relationship between men and women? 
and like crowd sitting there going, oh yeah, we do that as yeah. a couple. Yeah. Not to have that. Yeah. How hard is that high wire fucking act? Right. It's so hard, man. So I have number respect for that, to be able to do what he's doing, to fill that through the podcast. I mean, like, you know, the, Isaiah Thomas used to say to get into the NBA is like walking through the jungle and not getting stung by a mosquito bite. God, a mosquito, right? It's so hard. It's, it's so well, I think what Tim did is even harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it is a, you know, it's like all these things have to converge, all these like holes have to converge, and he boom has to shoot right through it. Yeah. And he did it. And I'm super yeah. happy for him. But yeah, Tim's, I, a, Tim's great. It's such a difficult thing what he's person. doing. Yeah. It is such a difficult He's just genuinely funny, too. He's lightning <clears throat> fast. Yeah, he's lightning fast, and he's just a silly goose, and it's great. But and I just really want to just like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going through something, but I just got- I, just I go like, through it every day. I don't care. I go through I, it every day. I love day. my fans. I want to entertain them in a different way. You know what I decided? I'm just not going to worry anymore. Yeah, I've been I just trying refuse. to get you that for a while. I'm just, I'm just not going to worry. I, I just uh, refuse to, I, I refuse to worry, and I'm, and I'm done being in the human condition of going from want to want. It's all you do. I want more. I want this now. I want this now. I want this now. It's impossible not to do that. Fuck that. No, I remember. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to where I am right now. Yeah, I'm going to pay attention to and enjoy where I am right now. It doesn't get better. Am I pain free right now? Yeah, I am. That just start with that. I can fucking hear and see well. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, like if you really think about, um, like it's fucking you're basically a a, a a cloud of sensation. You are a cloud of sensation. That's it. I love that. And you're and and you see light and shadow. So, so that's a sensation. Okay. So you, if you really actually think about being a cloud of sensation, that's what it is. Now, sometimes that sensation, there can be some tightness. There can be some, uh, it can itch. It can be a little too hot. It can be a little too cold. It's still a sensation. If you interpret the raw data of whatever's going through. So when you get jealous, when you get scared, when you get angry, when you get happy, that is a sensation. There is something that if you actually interpret it as a sensation, and if you can just watch it, if you can just observe it, if you can just sit back as a mirror and watch it, that's kind of what meditation's about, right? That's kind right. of what this idea is. And then don't get too attached to that sensation because no, know this, no matter what, it's going to go away and it's going to be replaced by something else. Something and else. And so if you understand that and you think of yourself as a, as a constant flowing cloud of sensation, a cloud of sensation that is going to have different sensations. So in your cloud of consciousness, you're going to have, it's going to just, it's going to even thoughts. So the, you're not the originator of your thoughts. Thoughts are going to come and they're going to go just like sounds do. You know, you know what they say is uh, you are the sky, your emotions are the weather. That's right. Exactly. And that's very true. And if you can start to sort of like be able to be a little bit detached from that, or at least watch it and not get too attached. There's a difference between not being attached and and not and and not letting it attach itself to you, like sort of, you know. You you can you can enjoy the sensation, or you can go, oh, "This kind of sucks." You can observe it, observe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have to be. You don't have to get awareness. swept away by it. Awareness is very important, but also the understanding that this too shall pass. Yeah, and it's such a 
cliche saying, but there's a reason they're cliche is because it's they're true. Yeah. And they have more and more. And, you know, this whole thing is like with a lot of us is like we think everything in our life is so unique and like everybody goes through something. The minute I start thinking about I fucking think about the craziest shit, dude. This morning I woke up and I, I made the mistake 10 years ago, 20 years ago of reading about the Romanian uh, or maybe it was the Albanian. I think it was Romanian orphanages. Yeah. And what happened in Romania, Romania, I think uh, under Ceausescu, I think that was his name, is the Communist Party said, we have kids. Everybody have as many kids as you can. And if you can't, the state can take care of them better than you can. So don't worry. We'll feed them. We'll cloud. So all these people had this patriotic duty to have kids. Guess what? Uh, nobody could take care of them. Nobody could afford them. So these children started being dropped off in orphanages. The stories about the orphanages are beyond horrible. So what happens to me is I literally in my mind start obsessing about going back in time and feeding those children. Yes. And hugging those children and making sure that yes. I go crazy, man. Do you know what that's called? What? Stealing your louche. Yeah. So what happens is it, I'm literally going back 25 yeah. years and trying to save people that yeah. don't exist anymore. Yeah. This is how crazy I get. So what I do then is I go, all right, Brian, 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 hold on, hold on. This is so negative. It's spiraling me. I'm, I haven't yes. even opened my eyes yet. Yeah. And then I just start thinking about, I start writing. Yeah. I go, let me write something fun and f funny. Let me, let me take this energy. Let me just take this energy and refocus my eye. You know, what you do right now is tell what people do in the conspiracy world with, you know, sex slavery and stuff like that. And they want to save everybody. And cause that's a very admirable thing, but, you know, you what you pay attention to consumes you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's literally called paying attention to. Yeah. Paying attention. And what you're paying attention to are these children who 20 years, like yeah. however long ago you were told horrible things happened yeah. to. And not saying they didn't, yeah. but also it's like that's done purposely to elicit a response to steal your energy and it happens True. all the time and and with, with with conspiracy theorists if you do it right you will eventually go from conspiracy to spirituality mm -hmm. and you start going like i can't save everything if i want to make change i have to start with within so yeah. it's like you know that's a good like point one thing i'm doing now is like I, I i and i want to tell you guys about if you have any old sneakers give them to me i'm putting them in my car and i drive around and i see homeless people that's and some so of them cool. don't have shoes on so i pull over and i give them the shoes so cool and it's just like little things like and you listen to them like it's christmas i know it's freaking christmas dude yeah. they're just like oh my god yeah and it's like these are shoes that I wasn't never going to wear again that sit in my closet. I had so many of those shoes. And I'm still. Yeah, I, I throw them I, in my closet. No, I just, I, I, I just cut them into pieces and I just, I just throw them out on the street. I litter with them. Yeah. Jesus and I do it in Christ. front of homeless people. Jesus. I know. Christ. You're worried know. about the children? Yeah. But not I, the fucking homeless nah, people. I just do it. I got to stop saying the F word. That's another thing. I, 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 I give them. Stop saying I, I give, I, I take the shoes. And I and I lay them there, but they're full of my own poo. <laughs> yeah, they're my little Brian, toilet. Is this shoes. ever gonna finish this painting right the here? The point is, that's what it is. It's, that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's distressed. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> people should see my name as it fades. Okay. Because I'm, I'm just Poe. That's all I'm, I am. I'm fading, and I poo in shoes. <laughs>
What are you on Tinder right now, bro? No. What? No, he's just writing stuff. He's making yeah. notes. What uh what F word were you gonna say? I need to stop saying the word fuck. I say oh, every I other you were word. Say the other one. No. I only call my friends it. Mm. <laughs> Beep that. Yeah. Because I know. I, I only call my I not none of my gay friends that, but my yeah. dudes I love. Yeah. That's good. I understand that. Yeah. I get that. It's a strong word. Hey, real quick, what is the uh what is the episode that just dropped on the I uh iTunes? Uh, that was episode nine. Uh, let me check one second. What's it called? I hope you guys check it out if you think you're I get more people coming up to me being like, I love this show. Guy came up to me, he's like, I'm just listening to it on Spotify. I'm like, Oh, you should jump it too. Last That's week, awesome. Brian had a, a, a come to Jesus. Moment. Well, actually, though, I did some research on that. The, oh, the, no. So the shooters were the man. It was a husband and wife. They were dressed in black fatigues, I guess. And then they got in a shootout in, as they made their getaway. They got in a shootout with the cops and were both killed. So that's pretty interesting. Okay. It was the Challenger episode. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the Challenger episode. That's a great one, dude. That is a great episode. I cannot believe those people are still alive. Mm. It's unbelievable to me. Hey, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> come on, dude. Don't say that. They yeah. died. No, they didn't. Hey, dude, they died they in a fiery blast. Speaking it was terrible. of death. Yeah. Donald Rumsfeld's dead. Did he die? Yeah, thank God. Donald Rumsfeld died. Like recently? Yeah. How old was Yesterday. He? How old? He died peacefully, which is... A... See, my whole opinion is this. I talked about this yesterday on my show, but... 88 years old. Wow. You know, my opinion is war criminals like that come back and blow donkeys and donkey shows. That's <laughs> what I believe. Like, all the women you see in bestiality videos are all old war criminals who've been forced to do weird shit on video, and that's who they are. Would you say that it's possible, because I really went down the rabbit hole on this, because I read a lot of books about this, and I thought it was a travesty. Um, so so I looked at, like, Richard Pearl, um, the guys, like, from the New American Enterprise, the New American Enterprise, all those, like, hawks. Scumbags. Yeah. I agree. Douglas Feith, Paul Wolfowitz, Scum. Donald Rumsfeld, um, uh, Dick Cheney. Okay, Lucifer. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave George W. out of it because I think he was very naive. Which uh, the, which the young, w? the young one? The young one. Okay, so 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 just let's just take those the architects. William Crystal, who was the editor of was it the National Review? I'm not sure. Tiger Beat. But Magazine. all of them, all of them, really, all them, all of them, <laughs> really. Um, it's K R. I think uh, all of them. Yeah, um, Bill Crystal. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bill Crystal, former chief of the vice. Yeah, so he was another one who was a neoconservative, uh, yeah. and and he was a guy who argued very vehemently for um, the Made invasion. And so, so when you look at these men, okay, um, for that matter, Condoleezza Rice, um, the only one who had done any military service, Donald Rumsfeld had done. I think it was in the Air Force, uh, but it was a very. It wasn't nearly. It was not a very impressive record. But 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 so the only person that did military service for the most part was Colin Powell, who, if people remember, was very hesitant about the invasion in Iraq. Very well, they, hesitant. They they twisted his arm That's to right. play ball. That's right. And he and regretted he that. Yes, he did. And he, in that thing he, with this vile. He of, hated it. He hated doing it. And so when you look at these neocons. Yes. Who none of them, like Richard Pearl, like Douglas Feith, like uh, Paul Wolfowitz, yeah. none of them had done a day of military service. And it's very important to mention, none of them had any loved ones in the military. So their kids, their sons were not going to war. Yes. Okay. And so um, when, you, when you look at this, like I, I could see 
um, I could see some of the people from the new American enterprise who were uh, had a lot of times they were either Israeli or they had uh, interest in Israel or they were, you know, they, they I understood the ideology. They said, oh, good, this is an opportunity to neutralize the fourth largest army in the world, Iraq, and uh, send a message to the Middle East that if you think you can destroy Israel, I get yeah. it. I get that. Yeah. Okay. And that, there was that, a Stargate in, in Iraq. But, but anyway. That would be something I would understand. Okay. And that's your ideology and, and, and siege mentality, all that good. Ancient knowledge. So, so, but I feel like, um, And and let me ask you, like, it's one thing to say they're evil. It could also be, it could also be that Donald Rumsfeld, that all these people who really, really did not only argue for the Iraq invasion, but also fabricated, fabricated information like WMDs and all that. Okay. I also believe that sometimes people like them had the hubris, had the arrogance to believe that they could remake the world, restructure the Middle East, a country, a a part of the world they had never really been to. They didn't speak the language. They knew nothing about the history and they really didn't know any real Arabs. They just didn't. I'm sorry. As somebody who lived there for eight years of my life, I remember how woefully ignorant they were about this stuff. They'd read a couple books. And when you see this, dude, when you see this, uh, however, having said that, Paul Wolfowitz, who was Secretary of Defense, actually was married to an Arabic woman. Look that up for me. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, What's what was interesting to me is that they had the arrogance. They might be guilty of hubris, of arrogance, of the actual arrogance of believing that they could restructure a part of the world that had a f- historical footprint that was five thousand years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that in itself is that's why that's why arrogance is wasn't that one of the seven but, deadly but sins? That's still evil though, right? I mean, like it's certainly certainly the evil. effects are evil, right? Certainly the effects of that arrogance. I mean, uh, you know, is isn't that one of the genocide seven genocide over there? Yeah, dude. Yes. So I mean, no matter how how you want to say ego, yeah. purposefully, all that stuff. I mean, they straight up lied. They had a dog. They had a young girl come in and say how Iraqi soldiers were throwing babies on the floor. Turned out she was the daughter of a. <coughs> there was a lot of bullshit out there. There was a lot. Yeah, they lied. And uh, to your point, they, they, you know, when guys who say I don't trust anybody, you know, I don't trust the government. I don't trust. It. Well, you know, you know, I did trust them. Yeah, you. I and mean, up I, until then, about last week. Yeah, did. and then I read. And then I read enough books to realize what a fiasco the whole fucking thing was. Was it books or a show called Conspiracy Social? Club? It might have been a show called Conspiracy Social Club, dude. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, bro. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a book. <laughs> I will say this: there are there are credible. I mean, yeah. We'll say what you will about Tucker Carlson, um, but I think it's interesting to Tucker Carlson. He is mainstream. I mean, you know, he's got a, he's an opinion maker. He's not necessarily a journalist. He gets knocked for. He's got his own. He's definitely got his own ideological bent. But I do think it's interesting that Fox News and Paul Wolfowitz have floated out the idea that maybe, maybe during the uh, January sixth insurrection, maybe there were FBI there were FBI plants in those crowds. We know that because that's what the FBI does. But maybe whoever was planting those pipe bombs could have had something to do with the government so maybe sam is uh maybe sam your cynicism is well placed i mean so uh one of the original false flags in terms of like trying to shape national um ideology and policy 
was, I believe it was at Texas A&M where that guy shot people up. Was that the school? It was. From a tower? Yeah. Yeah, he had a brain tumor, you know. So, you know that it's come out that they've released documents and they basically have blocked out certain people's faces and their names and people are now talking about how it's a good chance a lot of the people that were, you know, uh, marching and rioting against the police were in fact FBI informants. And that's where we're finding. You have to create a problem so people beg for a solution. Well, sometimes the FBI is really good at in infiltrating homegrown insurrection movements, right? So, But they're also very good at and being caught. So right now, uh, being caught instigating it, meaning like kind of like going, hey, man, these guys, you know, they hate Allah, bro. Yep. Maybe you know. I know some people. Know some yeah, shit. you gotta play. The, you gotta play the part. Go down. They're like freeze. They're like what? And it's like they're finding out that about Fort Hood right now. The some families are suing the FBI because they basically feel like they manipulated somebody. There's a young kid who was almost got, was involved in a uh, uh, spree shooting, and thank God the family stepped in and stopped it. Let's talk about this. I want to get your take on this. Brett Weinstein was demonetized from YouTube. Major yeah. problem. He tweeted out that it was half his family's income. That's a very serious thing. And they basically censored him and demonetized him because he had the audacity to talk about with other scientists a therapy for COVID that works really well, I guess. Okay. Yes. And if you remember, guys, all the tech giants would ban you if you even suggested that the fucking Wuhan virus leaked from a lab. Now, thanks to the scientists that worked on this, they were like, uh, actually, the three, there were three scientists that got sick at the lab. And there's no doubt, if you really are thinking person, that this came from a lab. You, as a conspiracy theorist, were saying this from day one. Day I was one. arguing about it. Yes. Ring the bell for a sec. Oh, shit. I get it. Ring the bell. And you were right. And what did I do? I believed the narrative. Yeah. So I'm starting to learn that yes. a lot of this stuff coming out of this is the NIH, coming out of NIH, CDC, and the WHO has an agenda. And that agenda is that they have they have deep ties to China. And so when you say, China, you're to blame for this, it's a major problem. Now, shame on the big tech giants because they should have been open to that theory, but they weren't. So now, now you've got this credible scientist with other credible scientists saying, wait, there's, there is credible evidence, measurable, empirical evidence that this particular therapy works really well. You've been demonetized for even saying that. Now that is a, that, that, and YouTube may act like, well, we're a private company and we have this responsibility. When companies are this powerful, like Twitter and YouTube, and they start censoring science like this, and, and because they don't want us to know about this for a thousand reasons, it's very fucking dangerous. It's very dangerous. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. I just said that, Jimmy, that but that's a conspiracy. Right. Now we're now we're well, in a real I conspiracy. I mean, we're getting into a lot of stuff here, dude. And then a big thing that people need to understand is like Google got busted funding the Wuhan lab. So now you have scientists saying you don't have to do this. And then a company who funded the research done in this uh, Wuhan lab okay, are now censoring information about the Wuhan lab. Hey, wh when you look that up, go to Google and see what they say. 
I want to look look up. So here we see it on Go Go Daddy. Yeah, let's see what I Google mean, go, says about it. Go Duck Duck Go. Let's see this. Heinous coronavirus research shut down. For oh, there it is. It's actually up there. Yeah, I cannot believe new that. funding restrictions. Port shows Google funded. Wo- wow. Why? Why? By the way, good for Google. Funded Wuhan Institute of Virology's top research partner. Okay. Uh, it, hey, that might not be so overall, it may not be a bad thing that Google well, with all I that money funds research, right? Before we argue this, because yeah. it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But the, the truth of the matter is, is this is exactly why people were saying you guys shouldn't be okay with what YouTube did to Alex Jones. Because it's okay. When it's something you don't like. But the reason like the ACLU enforces laws when it comes to cases against scumbags like pedophiles is because you have to lay down the law. The law must be recognized even when you don't like it. It's called objective law versus subjective law. Right. right. It's got you. you, You've got to have that standard that, that, that applies. That's why freedom of speech you have to protect speech oh, you speech. don't like. Yes. Yes. That's, and, you have to have actually yes. protect. I, like I have a friend of mine who I love all my heart. They're, they like would lose their mind if you told them, if you said, oh, the government should be able to tell women whether they can or cannot have an abortion. And they'd be like, my by my choice. But in the same breath, they openly tell people you should have to get the vaccine. The government has the right to tell you to do that. It's like, no, man, it, it is it, a it, flat rule. It's hard to be consistent as a human being. And it's hard to be consistent politically and philosophically. It's so difficult because part of being a human being is being able to hold two contradictory ideas in your head at the same time. So it's true, man. It's hard. Well, it's, no, hard. it's hard. It's hard to like, be an absolutist. It's hard. Well, it's hard when you go, when you realize that you have a, when you don't like something that you're willing to fudge the rules. Yeah. Like, that's like what, when it that's comes what, to cops, right? It's yeah. like, I have a very simple stance. Asshole cops gotta go. Right. So when it either comes to like, like uh, people getting mad at cops, shooting people, unarmed people. OK, let's take a look at that. But I also have, and you have these people going, oh, b- uh, blue lights matter. But yet these same people get mad when cops go and kick in the door of a business that's trying to make money during the coronavirus. It's like you, it's a simple rule. Asshole cops got to go. And it doesn't matter if you're on the right or left. Well, there's actually the the law has speaks to that, which is which is things like due process, which is things like um, um, illegal search and seizure. Uh, All we have all these we have all these mechanisms in place that have to be adhered to. Right. And then when a cop fucks up, you've got internal affairs that investigates the cops. There, There there are. There are systems in place that are supposed to keep people. And by and large, it seems they do keep people fairly at least in this country, uh, on on the straight and narrow. And that's why institutions and their integrity is so fucking important. That's why corruption has to be prosecuted to the but full extent it, I mean, of the we law. start talking about David Rumsfeld. Most corruption doesn't get that doesn't get taken care of. There is no the, the news, uh, the media, there is no ramifications for lying. Although isn't there, but there kind of are, right? So in other words, Not really. we, you, we, you and I are all, you, everybody was always talking about how the Bush administration lied to us about WMDs. That was a huge political liability for them. And they've never stopped taking 
uh, criticism to the point where I believe George W. said the biggest mistake he made was invading Iraq if he had known what he knows now. And a lot of people were like, well, you didn't know shit about that part of the world, dude. And I, well, and he I, got manipulated by but his I father. Had, yeah, Dick I Cheney. had some, I had on my podcast, I had people, I had the guy who wrote, wrote the counterinsurgency manual uh, on, on Petraeus's desk. I had some really amazing people there. And one of the things he said was, he goes, dude, when they, we had this idea of debathification, which means if you were a bathist, the, the Saddam Hussein's regime had something called, like, you had to be a bathist. That meant B A A T H. Uh, ISD. What that meant was you had to believe in in sort of a pan-Arabic power. So all the Arab nations would come together under one banner, which was being Arabic, not Islam, not Sunni, not Shia. And so that was that was uh, Abdel Nasser's and Saddam Hussein's uh, vision was if you want to be a superpower, all the Arab nations have to come together under one banner. So right. you, you were a Bathist, right? So the problem was that you could never in Iraq society, you could never join the military or get ahead unless you you adhered to loyalty to the Bathist party. That's why you couldn't just say I'm a Shia. You had to say I'm a Bathist, okay? And then you get, then you get, then they're like, cool. Doesn't matter what your religion is. No Islam here. No fucking Qurans. You couldn't have a Quran in school. Like Saddam Hussein was very anti-Islam. He was like, no Qurans. You know, you, you, if you were really religious, you had a big problem. But the Shia were really religious and held on to their shit, so they were marginalized by, even though they were the majority in Iraq. But for the most part, you had to adhere to being a Bathist, right? Which meant you pledged loyalty to his party and to the Bathist party, and that's how you got ahead in the military. So when we go in there, the fucking Douglas Feith and Wolfowitz and these fucking morons who'd never even been to Iraq, never been to Iraq, didn't give a fuck about the Middle East, never met, didn't speak any Arabic, didn't know anything about the history. They were like, anybody who's a Bathist cannot have a job. They must all be excluded. The whole military. And the guy, the general said, he got up and he said, dude, dude, wait a minute. If you let us, we can keep order on the streets. If you fire all of these yeah, men with guns, yeah. we are going to have to turn those guns on you. Yep. And the guy said, I can't talk to you anymore. And the general saluted him. The Iraqi general saluted him, turned around, walked out. And the next day, the bombs went off. The next fucking day. Yeah. Bremer and, the third. Yeah. Up. It was Bremer. It was something? all those fucking guys. Will you look up something? Wesley Clark, Hammer Nail. Have you heard this speech? Have I you heard this? so. Yeah. I remember Wesley Clark. Wesley Clark, Hammer Nail. So this a lot like let's just in 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 uh happy days which one let me see this should be it yeah let's see if we can run it about ten days after nine eleven I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the Joint Staff who had used used to work for me and one of the generals called me and he said sir you gotta come in you gotta come in and talk to me a second I said well you're too busy he said no no he says. You, We've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. (laughs) He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. 
He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Okay, can you go back to who 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 said that? Who he, was, he never says who it is. But you later just go on, back, go back at the beginning. Let me just see one thing. Let me see it. About ten days after nine eleven, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the Joint Staff who had used used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, "Sir, oh, you got to there you go. In, you got to come in and talk." To you. One of the generals and these generals who knew war. Are taking fucking are taking their marching orders from Wolfowitz, Douglas Feet, the de- Undersecretary of Defense Wolfowitz, the Secretary of Defense Paul Rumsfeld, and all these fucking people who had the audacity. Well, we don't know what to do. Let's go to fucking war. Go to war and kill how many people? It ain't your loved ones. You're not the ones doing the fighting. You fucking. But if you take and a the look men at and women all these failed the states, Brian, look at all. Listen to the the to the the so seven the, countries. And look at how many we've gone into. Yeah, Lebanon, Syria. Uh, oh, Lebanon. Lebanon. I mean, but Syria. Did he say Libya? I think he said Libya. Yeah. We yeah. killed that guy. We we illegally assassinated him. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single one he listed. We've gone in. And the and we th- certainly destabilize those countries and made it possible for their insurgencies. What we do is it's not that we go in. What we do is we foster an insurgency. We support an insurgency. We quote unquote support the ready good guys. Guys, I'm a dad. Okay, I'm a dad. And sometimes life can get very very right. tense. Yes, you suffer from anxiety. You suffer from depression. You suffer from. You're wondering how what you, how, what is happening? We're hurling towards oblivion. As a dad, you can't tell anybody. You get, right. you need, but you need a little you gotta break. Be strong. A lot of guys are sitting there and, and have like too many drinks. That right. puts weight on you. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Then you smoke some weed and you get so high you're you're, you're comatose. Oh and my you can't be god! A I get be a so dad. paranoid. If the house is on fire, you're screwed. Dadgrass, Dadgrass is a company, dadgrass.com is a company that came out with essentially uh, an organic hemp that relaxes your body, mellows your mind. Uh, They're made with 100% organic hemp and that's easy to dose and the effects are smooth. Come on, let's face it, some of this weed out there, it just goes zero to zombie, right? Yes. Dad weed takes care of you. Okay? Well, they got the pre-rolled joints. They got hemp flour and variety of CBD tincture drops. It really is what you can get. You can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Clear head. That's yeah. important. As a dad, you need a clear head because you never yes. know when chaos is going to break they out. They ship it right to your door. It's all federally right? legal, by the way. And they ship Coyotes it right in door. the backyard. Yep. Kids hanging from trees. You never know when you got to go super dad and you can't be super high stupid, right? You want to be in a euphoric mood, yes. not, in a, not in a zombie mood. Yeah, you don't okay? want to be in zombie mood when coyotes are chasing the cats around in the backyard. That's right. So right now, Dad Grab is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to Dad Grass. Dot com slash CSC as in Conspiracy Social Club. So it's dadgrass, D-A-D-G-R-A-S-S. That's one word. Dot com slash CSC. And you'll get 20% off your first order. All dadgrass products are federally legal for age 18 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Dadgrass.com slash CSC. We support the good guys against the 
would bad that be guys. ISIS? You hear people talking would this that way. Would be ISIS? The ISIS was, a, was essentially an offshoot of the Republican Guard after we completely destabilized the fucking uh, Do you Middle look East. up, and I don't know, go to DuckDuckGo, see if there's any articles on the U.S. funds ISIS. So, so, so before we do that, because we'll get down the quag- quagmire, I just think, I do think I'm, that I'm this right. show is good because what you start to see is you better be fucking careful about having blind faith in your leaders because how interesting how how interesting that leslie clark right there who wesley, had no reason wesley. to be that uh, wesley clark had no reason and i used to watch him a lot had no reason to kind of what's he saying he's basically saying that that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because they'd never even been to that but part see, of the world I, see your interpretation of that is very interesting because see you it's very interesting the prism in which we digest data through. Yes, it is. And the prism that you di- and this is all love is you digest it through mistakes happen. Yeah. Incompetence, arrogance. Right. Uh, I ambition. digest it through it's more intentional than the average person wants to believe. So when they when this guy hands Wesley Clark this piece of paper and it lists all these countries they're gonna invade that says to me intention and now having seen that video is i don't know how a decade and something old and look where we are today where we've gone through and what we've done to these other countries it says to me that this is uh intentional and it's done if it purposely. was intentional, though, then they'd be intentional about hiding it. And you can look up how fucking short-sighted and dumb they were, right? That's Brian, the only you thing have to I understand something. The one thing I will agree with you on is it's such... There, Listen, it only takes a couple people to manipulate. So in Buddhism, right, they say the 1%. What is the 1%? The 1% is that 1% of the population can change... The, how the whole nation thinks. Now it's been flipped. Now that's true. One percent is now true. this group that just has control. And what are we gonna do about them? They they flip everything. Okay. So the point behind that is is that it take a small group of people can manipulate a large group of people. Yes. Look at academia very easily. Yeah. Look at academia. Look at the communist revolution in Russia. You're a hundred percent right. But within that mechanism of change. There could be some sloppiness. There could be some fuzzy details. There could be situations where not all the I's are dotted and not all the T's are crossed. And in those moments is where we can find out what is really going on. So so as Wolfowitz, Rumsfeld, uh, Dick Cheney start to you know, kind of manipulate the situation. They can't account for every single moment and every relationship where Wesley Clark has a great relationship with this guy to the point that this guy is willing to let him know some top secret information. They can't control every moment of that. Mm -hmm. And that's how these things get out. Mm -hmm. And it is a giant, you know, us going in the Middle East, let's face it, even though it's 20 years, it is a giant glacier moving. Yeah, and, and it's an and and there's a lot of money to be made. And there's but there's so much going on. It's impossible to micromanage every moment of that. And within those tiny moments, there are lapses where 
information could get out. That's right. And stuff. 100%. You know? And that's why I want to ring the bell because I just won that. <laughs> I don't And know. I want to thank you guys for listening to that because Sam just literally t- showed you guys why in 70 episodes I won because it is it is impossible to keep secrets and conspiracies don't exist. And I want to thank you. Give me some of that. That's good job. And good job on on losing so gracefully. Um <laughs> And it took me a while to turn him, but on 70, and I said I was going to do it. I said I was going to do it on an even number. And, and I did it today. And oh. so um, we should probably never do the podcast again since oh, so I is this fucking the end? just Anthony, it was a pleasure one. working with you. Gish, gish. Why would we stop now? <laughs> July 1st, which I think is today, we are exclusively on fucking rockfin.com. All right? And there's no more censorship. Now you watch us. Uh, we're not. We we still haven't been able to like. You can't watch us on Patreon. Right? Uh, it's been a long time, right? We can't. We're not on Vimeo anymore. Or no, a, no we got a new Vimeo account. So oh, we did. Yeah, and you had to pay for it, right? We did. That's the thing that drives me nuts. Yeah. Is like they'll, they'll take your hundreds of dollars for their premium package, and then they'll clip you and don't even give you your money back. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like I'm paying for premium content, man. It's fucking crazy. It's yeah. a it's a giant heist, dude. Rockfin is definitely the future, though. Anthony, what are you thinking? What's going on with you? How's life? What What are you thinking about the world? Has this show got you curious? Opened your mind? This are you- show, to be honest with you guys, is like therapy for me. Yes, you're <laughs> I welcome. Lo- I love hearing you guys talk about this stuff because it's stuff that I personally would never like go out and seek information on. So when I hear you guys who are clearly buried in your phones looking up all this stuff and having forming opinions about it, I are just, you like, in your twenties? Well, yeah, I'm twenty one. So you're no, 21. No, I'm 30. You're 30. Okay. Yeah. But is it interesting to listen to old men talk? I don't like see you guys as old men. Oh, I'm definitely not. But he is. He's, dude, I mean, <laughs> dude, he's about. Fuck. You're about two years away from cheaper dinners at Denny's. No, that's not true, dude. Yeah. I, I yelled at Kid Dynamite today for not for not having sex with me. Uh, and she was like, I had sex with you 24 hours ago. I go, but it was 72 hours ago. It was. She goes, it was 24 hours ago. I go, well, that's too long. It's simply too long. You I, like to hit it. I like to hit it. And at do you, got, do you talk dirty to Kid Dynamite? Of course I do. What do you say to her? Ah, her? the dirtiest shit. Oh yeah. But I but the Kid Dynamite is that she she is um but it's like I'm very attracted to her. So, you know, let's go here. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't feel well. I'm a little tired. Or yeah. I'm, I okay, ate too just much. lay down. Let or me I do all too the work. much. Yeah. Girls are always like that. I ate too much. I'm too full right now. You know, like, yeah. yeah, fuck. All right. Yeah. It's just Does that happen to you? Internet yeah. interesting dynamic. Are you very attracted to your girl, Anthony? Do you do oh, you yeah. find it? Yeah. And you Yeah, you know. I wish it would happen every day, but I mean yeah. for the past like few days she's been on her period, so yeah. And oh, so you're afraid stuff. of the Red River, bro? I'm not, but she like yeah, it's really bad cramps and pains. Yeah, it's and, all that. She doesn't feel sexy and right. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. It's an interesting but, thing. But 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 a lot of people are like, Bri, you're 54. How 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 come you still you still got it? Goblet squats. I go deep. <laughs> Goblet squats. I'm surprised you don't take Krav Maga. I, I I like to box and I like to do jujitsu and none of those things I've done in a while. So I'm gonna have to start training again. Dude, it's the best. Thing. I love taking Krav Maga. I'm taking two privates a week. I might up at the three. It's the I used to spend a lot of money on drugs and other shady yeah. shit. Maybe I'll just put it all in the Krav Maga and become porn identity. I like that. Idea. <laughs> and just kill. How many porn hand. stars do you think you know? Well, I don't, I, I mean, like I used to, people used to think I was Tom from porn space, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I would know every porn star. Yeah. And there was an, like, I'll look back like 
Dana, a long time ago, took all the cool flyers from all the old naughty shows and put them in this cool kind of frame. And I'll look back and I'm like, man, those were some fun shows. And you would just get in touch with the porn stars and they would come? Well, what happened was, is like, so Tara, somebody hooked me up with Tara Patrick. I forget who it was. And she did the show. And then somehow I got hooked up with Belladonna. And once they did it. Everybody was all these porn stars like I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. What would you do? You'd have them come on stage? And I would interview them. And then I would try to do the funny and then we do something called Look at how hot Tara Patrick is. Look at how fucking hot she is. Dude, I remember when she came to my house. She Uh, did when I no I I was doing my show. I was her though. I was one of the most I was one of the original death squad guys. Those tits are I think they were real and then and maybe maybe those are fake, but they no those are real. Like she was built like that, dude. Like she's such a. She was just like that's the equivalent of LeBron James for women. I agree with you, dude. (laughs) Right? She's still married to Evan Bernstein, who I knew. Right? Or is she still married to him? No, 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 no. But you know, so when she walked in, I go, "Oh my god, this is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life." Hundred percent. Well, the, there's, there's Belladonna. Oh, is she still working? Okay. No, she quit. Like one time I called her and she's like, listen, I don't do it anymore. So I'd appreciate if you don't call me anymore. I'm uh, like, respect. Yeah. Uh, she's got, um, she's pregnant there. That's not very attractive. She has a child. I, I used to like to bang pregnant chicks. Jesus. Who's the one that just died that killed herself? No, she didn't kill herself. She OD'd. So you want to hear a crazy ass thing? What? There was like a, like about, I'd say about two or three years ago. There was this like moment where like six porn stars just died in a month, Oof. month two. Who months. just killed herself? Who was the porn star? Just, just uh, such a bummer. Uh, it was something Sky. Yeah, Sky. Look at right there. Sky says it right there. Where the top one porn stars? No, that's Sage. But yeah, Sky something. Put in porn star Sky dead. Ah. Uh. Uh, How'd that girl die? Dakota Sky. Yeah. So she, she, you know, it's so funny because I would have this joke that would like either crush or people would get so mad at me. And it was about how like they had the hustler store boarded up. Did I already tell you this joke? Yeah. So the hustler store is boarded up because they were worried about BLM burning it down. It's like it's a dildo shop. Like, what are we? What are they? Because half the dildos are black. What are we doing here, right? And I go, what's Antifa gonna loot it? And you got a bunch of chicks, fuck, like so, so, so a bunch of chicks are gonna fucking steal vibrators, start working their bean to oppression, and they're yeah. like, oh my god, I'm squirting the Floyd, right? And it's kind of based on this picture, and I didn't know that she was the porn star. Oh god, look at her having so, to do that. It's like, how, like really? Yeah, she did I'm like, this. that's white girl activism. And now, sadly, you find out she's not with us anymore. So it's hard to make a joke she about She was it. clearly not well. She did this right. last year, though. She posted this picture to Instagram, I think. And she got and murdered she got, for it. Yeah, she got like a ton of shit. threats and a like, bunch she, of crazy shit. She fallen into elk, uh, drugs. That's what it was. And I think it was fentanyl. Fentanyl and, kills so many people, man. Yeah. And it's just like, guess what, guys? Fentanyl's the Chinese... Uh, uh, counterattack heroin. to the heroin. Uh, the heroin opium wars. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that's a, that's an interesting. Uh, look up the opium wars if you don't know what that is. But that's a really interesting fucking theory. That's a I buy into that. 
That that dude. I buy into. So that. MIT is where fentanyl. So the invent- opium wars were two wars waged between the the King Dynasty and Western powers in the mid 19th century, which is the 1800s. The first opium war fought in 1839 to 1842 between Qing China and Great Britain was triggered by the dynasty's campaign against the British merchants who sold opium to Chinese merchants. And so what that is is that the Chinese had a major opium problem, major. So the Chinese were like, we can't. We don't want any more of your opium. And Britain was like, fuck you. We make a lot of money selling it to Chinese merchants who then sell it to your population. And the Chinese were like, well, we don't want you giving our population a fucking drug problem. And Great Britain was like, too bad. And and they went to war and established ports, one of which I believe was Hong Kong. And so they and and that was essentially they said, no, you're going to not only are you going to buy our that the opium we get we harvest and process in india i believe and even parts of china later on i think but especially india and maybe burma and and you know and and laos and all those places the golden triangle but either way you're going to buy this opium and you're and you're going to continue to keep it essentially legal yeah because if you don't Oh, we're oh we are going to war with you. Oh yeah, we are we're at war with you. And and the Britain went to war and forced the Chinese to keep their opium habit. So if you ever wonder why the Chinese are super nationalistic and very very you know wary of foreign intervention and very proud, you can get the death penalty. Look at their history. They were they were humiliated by the Russians, by the Chinese, by the Japanese. I'm sorry, by the British, by the Japanese, and for that matter, even other Western powers, powers maybe even including the United States. I mean, it's crazy when you think about Japan dropping hammer on China. How small Japan is, how big China is. That's like the United States getting its ass kicked by Rhode Island. Yeah, what the Japanese did to fucking Manchuria is one of the great war crimes of all time. And in fact, Iris Chang, who wrote The Rape of Nan King killed herself she killed herself because she went so far down the rabbit hole of what the japanese did to china and jordan peterson when he did my podcast said if you ever read about what the japanese army did to the chinese populace especially in parts of china like manchuria you will get trauma you will develop ptsd just by reading what they did and i know a little bit about what they did and it's another thing that keeps me up at night. So, and the Chinese have never, I mean, the Japanese have never really come to, they've never really. Uh, I don't even know how you, uh, how a billion, I mean, I know back then they didn't have a billion, but it's like, like when you do stand up in China, they say, don't talk about the Japanese. No, it's, it's and you know similar. what, the, you know what the Jap- Chinese say though? You know why the Chinese never really talk about it and never really ask Japan to pay reparations? Because in the Chinese mind, they say, and that was our fault for not being ready, for not being prepared for the monstrous invasion that was Japan, etc. How many and that people will never could come, happen though? to us again? Yeah, China said that'll never happen to us again, and that's why China's so you know. So f- fentanyl, looked this up, I believe was created in MIT. A, a, a scientist at MIT snuck it out and basically sold it to China. And wow. here we are. Wow. So Trump, so see. what's very interesting. Fentanyl is, is one of the deadliest opiates in the world. Sadly, it's 
risen in popularity as the opioid epidemic continues to claim lives throughout the United States. Each year, thousands of Americans overdose and die from using fentanyl. Many times, people are unaware that the substance they're consuming is spiked with fentanyl. Many people are curious about fentanyl because it's so widespread. Um, so, history of fentanyl. The company Jacine Pharmaceuticals first developed fentanyl in 1959. Then it was primarily used as an anesthetic and pain reliever for medicinal purposes. During the 60s, fentanyl started to be used as an intravenous anesthetic called sublimase. It wasn't until the 1990s that fentanyl patch was introduced and could be used in the treatment of chronic pain. Uh, after the introduction of the patch, other ways of delivering fentanyl were introduced, like the uh, actic lollipop comes from uh, you know, comes from China. Most of, the, most of fentanyl in the United States comes from China. China isn't where fentanyl originated, but because of the lack of regulations in the pharmaceutical industry there, the country is a large distributor of drugs and chemicals that are illegal in other countries. China exports many different types of fentanyl products, including raw fentanyl, fentanyl analogs, and counterfeit prescription drugs like oxycodone that are laced with fentanyl. Wow. So, so I'd heard that Basically, M like MIT had helped build fentanyl, and that some scientists went to China, sold it to China, and a big thing was that a lot like Trump during the Trump administration, he decided to take back the Long Beach docks because port, the Long Beach port, because Obama, for some reason. Gave control of it to guess who? Oh. China. China? China. China. Why would you give? To China. Dude, is that your Trump? That's my Trump. China. You do a China. great Trump. Thanks, China. You do a great Trump. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's not, you know, these things are developed for purposes and then they are bastardized or... Yeah, hijacked for other shit. Yeah. You know, I mean. Hello. Hello, doctor. Smile, friend. friend. What did we cover today? I mean, I feel like we were all over the place. No, no, I think we had a great conversation about Donald Rumsfeld being a piece of shit. And he died uh, at 80 you know, years old. Yeah. I'm sad they died. What is, you know, whenever you play some, whenever you play, what, what did he think of himself? Right? That's the question. Like, what, what happens when you think to yourself, fuck, I was directly i was part of a group that were directly responsible for genocide a major a major yeah an invasion and massive misery yeah in a country like iraq well right now he's or does he say some does he say parallel bad, realm getting fisted by a brexit to chicken snake god well or or he says to himself it wasn't any it wasn't any better under saddam I don't know. I just think if you if you openly lie and then you uh, and your decision leads to the murder of a million people, that you, there's some reckoning in the universe. That's my opinion. Do we have any videos? I was just gonna say, do you want to bring up some videos? Bring up some yes. videos. Yeah. God damn. It. Are they all lovable or are they like assholes? Sam Sam called me and said, I don't want people being mean to you. I was like, Sam, you never have to worry about that. I am not a sensitive guy, and I love this shit. Let's rock and roll. Here we By go. the way, you guys know. Max, Max good looking guy. On episode guy. 70, I won anyway. Go ahead. I don't know how you won, but well, I'll I mean, I won that. the whole thing. You won, like, the whole thing? You mean the whole show? 
Yeah, dude, because you finally understand that people, secrets. How's firing the kid going? It's fun. You having fun again? I'm back. Yeah. You having fun? I am. It's a good time. Brendan and I will do one tomorrow, just he and I, because Chappelle's uh, on the road. And uh, it's just good. I just don't see Brendan as much anymore because he's so busy and he's opening a new studio. Kids, yeah. That thing looks huge. Yeah, we're gonna go do that because he's creating a network. Oh snaps! Yeah, look at you. I know. Go on. What's up, guys? Max here. Big fan of the show. Been watching since day one. Uh, Brian, you're gay. Sam, (laughs) you're gay too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Conspiracy. DeSantis from Florida. Obviously the dopest governor, right? Doing all the right things. Yep. Uh, banning critical race theory, banning the passports, getting yes. away with the masks. Yes. It's awesome. But I can't help but think, wonder, like, why Why is this happening in Florida? Why this one dude, aside from uh, Texas, is governor? Oh, shit, you got your And I had the thought the other day, I think, Sam, I think you'll like this one. Um, you know, Florida's always getting hit with natural disasters or just disasters, harp. (coughs) Sorry. They're always getting hit with shit, right? It's in a little gulf. People control the weather. Oops. I don't know. Whatever. But (laughs) listen, I think what's going on is DeSantis is luring all these free thinking unplugged motherfuckers to Florida so that they can eventually wipe most of them out. I've heard this theory. I think before. they're gonna make Florida like the place to go if you don't want to wear a mask, get a vaccine, have a passport, and and jump through all these fucking hoops that this clown ass world is going through. Just to so wipe DeSantis them out. is a plant. Disaster. He's a plant. I mean, he's a Zionist for sure. I mean, he's a plant, huh? So then. They're going to have some hurricane. That I've heard this theory. Get us all in the same place so they can wipe us out. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, first of all, the guy had some kind of a third eye uh, tattooed to behind Yeah, will you ear. go back to that? What's on the back see, of his I need neck? to see if he's a plant because I'm not even sure. He does. He this turns guy, his head. I think this guy's working for somebody. Uh, he's incredibly good some looking. Of the higher I feel like that's what he's got. A nice, I feel like we think we're young looking yep, like that. I that's what we, we think too. we look like. Yep. And we obviously do not. Oh, he's got a full mouth. You're going to tell me. You. Ooh, you're going to fucking tell me this guy isn't part of the occult. First of all, that's a triangle. That's not even a tattoo. A that's not even a tattoo. That's that a, even looks like you superimpose that on does, him, Anthony. Dude. It does. Did you put that on there, you shady fuck? I think that's Anthony. And you think I'm kidding? Yeah. You think Anthony? everybody who sends a video in is shape-shifting Anthony? Are you telling me that doesn't look like Anthony? You're crazy. Uh, it does not. Is there, looks, there's a reason Anthony looks, wears a hat. There's a reason Anthony has a fake beard. Guy. There's a reason he, he dyes it a little bit red. That's um, fucking Anthony. They all sound exactly like Anthony. Yeah. I, they, they have the same How many voice. Anthony's are there? All of them. Do you all watch Rick them. and Morty's, by the way? No. Oh, my God. Anthony, do you watch Rick and Morty's? I've seen it. Dude, you have to go on YouTube. And watch the newest season. Oh, it's the funniest thing. Anyways, back Anthony, to this what guy. is that fucking? What is that symbol? That's the symbol of 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 chaos. That's the chaos symbol. Yeah, a triangle. And you belong to the you belong to the order of chaos, dude. And you are a plant. <laughs> this is fucking a disaster. Lots of people think you you are a, 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 some kind of agent brought in to lure so. me in. I hope so, because I got <laughs> deep ties. You do got, I got deep, deep ties. ties. So I hope uh, you fucking back to this thing. That. You know the Santos is a straight up Zionist, right? 
Well, he's part of the Republican Party, so he supports Israel. So, well, no, he actually, like a lot of people don't realize, he basically tried to ban criticism of Israel uh, in Florida, uh, which is a violation of the First Amendment. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but okay. I do think he he was a guy who who believes in uh, that Israel should be a recognized state. I think so, I think all this stuff he's doing Jewish right homeland. now, even though I agree with it, is to set up him to run for president. He's going to run for president, and I would probably be the guy who votes for him. I don't vote for any party. I think he's next, great. Next question. So great, great question, uh, shape-shifting Anthony in that video. Yes. There's another Anthony yes, video. Let's see what this You tell guy. me that doesn't look like Anthony as well in one way or yeah, another? Yeah, one way or when another. He just darkened his skin a little bit, Anthony. darkened his hair. There we go. Brianna Kolonoski and Tram Sibley. Listen, I love you guys, man. You guys are hilarious. Same Last voice. video I sent, I was talking about the simulation theory, and Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay. Um, Hold on, stop, stop, stop. Now say, I, I say Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay, Anthony. Let me hear you say that again. Say that. You say, Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay. Say that. Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay. Now play it back and let me hear that guy. I was talking about the simulation theory, and Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay. Um, Sounds exactly and now you say it, and the same. Now say it again. Brian kind of answered it, but that's okay. You're telling yeah. me that's not fucking Anthony again? Yeah, this is how men get convicted of murder. It's the for same crime voice, they didn't dude. This guy, Anthony's unbelievable, dude. This I cannot you believe you do. You go through crime. all this trouble to fucking change your look. All right, go ahead. Just keep going. <laughs> what do you guys think about merging religion and science? Which you know, I think it's possible. Um, you know, if you get the idea of the simulation theory, um, which I think is true, mathematics backs it up. Um, you think you can add kind of a religion idea or a religious I beliefs? I think it's my it. question is, what is this guy's job? If the simulation theory is true, uh, there's a de designer, there's a creator, there's a god. Um, religion kind of got it right. What do you guys think about that, merging the two together? You think that's possible? First of all, let me just say something. This guy is clearly an intelligent, thoughtful dude. And he's wearing a reflected thing, so he probably works on a crew somewhere. It sounds like there's a truck backing up. He probably works with his hands. Yeah, he looks like a rough guy. So I just want everybody to like know that when you guy. drive by a dude like that at a construction site, there is a there is a profile in your brain, which is that guy doesn't read, that guy doesn't think, that guy uses his hands. That dude is clearly a thoughtful guy who's thinking about deep shit. Okay. And occasionally does this. Yep. Mommy! 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 Whatever he says. Yeah, either way, I, I love his question. And and um and I do think that science and religion um are in some ways merging in that you're right. If we find out that this is one big computer program, if we find out that human beings are just very smart machines replicating themselves and that we are in this the simulation answer. cycle. Who is responsible for the mainframe? Okay. Who is responsible for the major, the program that wrote that? That does point to a higher intelligence. It does point to some kind of a God, if you yes. will. It does point to the fact that maybe this has been written for us already. Yes. And I do think that that is where some religion comes from. So yes, I think that math, theoretical math, I do think that physics, I do think that science seems to be in some ways at least pointing us in the direction that we may all have been completely and hopelessly wrong, or at least that all the theories we believe in, like evolution, etc., are within an even larger theory. All right, fun fun story. 
Um, I believe we live in a simulation. I believe science and religion are totally trying. They're trying to merge them into what something called transhumanism. It's not lady boys like you love, Brian. That is about taking your soul and putting into basically robots. Okay. And that, and how does that fit in the simulation? How does that fit into this whole thing? Well, my whole theory is that we live in a prison realm and, and transhumanism is about trapping you here because you're not supposed to stay here. You're only supposed to pass through, learn some lessons, learn how to love and become one with the universe again. And transhumanism is about trapping you here for eternity in this realm of hell. Hmm. It's pretty cool. And that's what I believe. I like that. I, I like that. That's where that's where science and religion has come together. Science is the new religion. Mm-hmm. The way people blindly follow Neil deGrasse Tyson, like he knows fucking anything, or any of these guys. Like, about about and, what? What? About religion? About science. 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 Oh. Yeah, well, I don't question science. Fauci's like, if you you can't question me because I'm science and that's like questioning science. That is, I'm a holy man. I talk for God. You can't question God. It's the same yeah. exact game. That's certainly what's going on with hot big tech. And when you when you question the scientific narrative and the theories uh, that aren't, aren't okayed by our scientific overlords. Here's why I blame, blame it all priests. on. People, and I love our listeners. We're very blessed. We need a name, by the way, for our fans of the show. I have some cool names for my fans. I have the Swarm, my Broken that. Simulation. They're called the Broken. Okay. We need a name for someone come up with a name for our fans of this it's show. That's a great idea. Right? This kid's a good looking dude. This guy's this great. Guy? This guy's a good Who's looking dude. Who's this guy? Dude. Anthony, you look good when you shave your face. If he has the same voice Anthony as you, is I'm like, freak Anthony out. Anthony's like one of those a- actors that goes deep in the character and looks completely different for so every thin, role. You're, you're, I, this I looks like, Anthony, you did like meth for like two weeks straight. Nah, he has Gone. a filter. He's using a filter. Oh, are you using one of those filters, dude, that he's, make you look like a child? He's using a thinning filter. You look at the thinning. This yeah. kid is good looking. Go ahead. Waters. What's up, gentlemen? This guy's Brian, you're always asking, uh, how would it be possible for so many people to keep a secret? There we go. Well, okay, okay, stop. I was just secret stop. society. Say, no. uh, say, how would it be possible to keep a secret? Let me hear you. How would it be possible to keep a secret? Same voice. Oh, go on. Keep going. Fucking unbelievable. Societies would serve as the perfect mechanism to orchestrate high-level global conspiracies in the shadows. Here, we can see an assortment of various secret societies, not in any particular order. I just want to create a visual element to explain how secret societies exist and have existed in the past. They exist at every level of society, both spiritually and politically. They operate in secrecy by nature and offer their members a society of people to discuss the secrets with. They are based on a system of hierarchical control that prevents any meaningful dissenters from becoming problematic for the collective. This system of hierarchy should look quite familiar. I'm not breaking any news with this observation. If you establish secret societies at every level of society, you're afforded various outlets to control opposition before it gets started. You get people introduced to your society at a young age, say college, and only elevate those that you find useful or corruptible. You only tell them what they need to know, you offer them success and power in return for loyalty and the threat of death should they forego their oaths to the collective. It's no secret that most of the 
quote-unquote elites are members of Greek fraternal and sororal organizations. As Alan DeSantis states in his book Inside Greek U, 85% of U.S. Supreme Court justices since 1910 have been a part of a secret society, 63% of all U.S. presidential cabinet members since 1900, 76% of all U.S. senators, 85% of all Fortune 500 executives, 71% of the men in who's who in America, and 69% of presidents since 1877. Let's take Skull and Bones, the order of 322, as a microcosmic example for how these societies operate. Skull and Bones are very well known for a secret, or are a very well known secret society, but how much do we really know about this shadowy group? By looking at their alumni, we can deduce that they hold a fair amount of influence and power in both Eastern and Western uh, societies. Here we uh, can see just a grouping. William Howard Taft, Walter Camp, Prescott Bush, Lyman Spitzer, Potter Stewart, George Herbert Walker Bush, William F. Buckley Jr., John F. Carey, Frederick Wallace, George W. Bush, Austin Goolsby, and Steve Mnuchin. All Skull and Bones members. The members use 322 as a sort of insignia, but give no clear explanation with what it refers to. People have speculated, and there are some pretty strange events that correlate to this number. For instance, the Georgia Guidestones were officially unveiled on March 22, 1980. U.S. presidential elections are exactly 322 days after Pope Francis' birthday, the first Jesuit pope. And Pentagon Maskell, the simulation of a plane flying into the Pentagon, took place on October 24, 2000, 322 days before 9-11-2001. Numerology! Now, a person that hasn't developed critical thinking skills would probably write all of this off as mere coincidence. Yep. But, after taking this information into consideration, I have to ask you, Brian... What does 322 mean? If you can't answer, that's totally fine. You'll just be admitting that it's completely possible for a large group of people to keep a secret. Uh, thanks for taking my video, guys. I uh, love the show. And uh, Brian, if I piqued your interest at all, I'll happily make another video explaining what I think 322 is in reference to. And yeah, keep it up. What's boys. his name? Hey, you're not allowed to ring the bell yeah. yet. You were both skull and bone with the secret society. It's so secret we can't talk about it. What does that mean for America? The conspiracy theorists are going to go wild. I'm sure they are. I don't know. I haven't seen the web. Number 322. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, he's not the nominee. And, uh, but, uh, look, I look for. Are you prepared to lose? No, I'm not going to lose. You both were members of Spell and Bones, a secret society at Yale. What does that tell us? Uh, not much, because it's a secret. <laughs> Is there a secret handshake? Is there a secret code? I wish there were something secret I could manifest. 322? A secret number? Uh, there are all kinds of secrets, Tim, but one thing is not a secret. I disagree with this president's direction that he's taking the country. We can do a better job, and I intend to do it. And we'll be watching. Be safe on the campaign trail. John Kerry, thanks yes, for joining us. And we'll be right back. And nobody's yeah. really talking up. But didn't he die, too? Yeah, he like, Dennis has to die of a heart attack. Good guy, I met him. What's this guy? What's his Kent, name? His name is Dennis Kent, Hastert, right? Kent Woods. Kent Woods? No, that Kent guy? Kent Woods, the guy that sent in the video. Okay. Kent Wood, the first ever. Ring the door, ring the bell. It's a secret a society, listener. guys, at Yale. The Skull and Crew. Ryan, he bell. really set you up. Yeah.
Look, who knows, man? I mean, secret societies are pretty cool. Brian, did they have secret societies at your touch butt theater school you went Shut to? Shut up, Sam. We were just the, how did we're you the get, society of the criers. How did you get to the main stage? Did they have to poke your butt butt? We're the society that's not afraid to cry. Where are you going to be, Brian? Buddy, I'm not going to be anywhere but Europe. And I'll see you guys in a little bit. We're going to have to Zoom this for the next... When do you go to Europe? Tomorrow. For how long? Till the 15th of July. Jesus, Brian, must be hard. What is that, bro? First vacation in a long time. Uh, something we were looking up a long time ago. Oh, yeah, those are <laughs> Russian yeah. mafia guys. Um, I have uh, never been on vacation. Hmm. I will be in Alaska June 16th and 17th. Why does it say 18th? June 16th and 17th. Um, does it say 18th? It says 16th. No. So June 16th and 17th. I don't know where the 17th date is yet, but it's going to be there. Then I'm going to be in San Diego uh, at 4.20 at the uh, American Comedy Company with Eddie Bravo. Then we will be in Dallas, Ju July 30th. And then Oklahoma, July 30th, uh, two shows, one and seven. Then at one at... um. One at 9.30, I believe. And then July 31st, we're in Oklahoma at a 4 p.m. show again. So come. Get, I like day shows. I didn't think I'd like day shows. I love day shows. How close is Oklahoma City to Dallas? It's not It's not that far of a drive. Oh, there really? There you go, baby. Oh, okay. Let's do a... All right, great. Thank you, guys. We love you. See you on Rockfin from now on exclusively. Rockfin. I love how we move the Rockfin and then you leave the country. Right now. Rockfin.com slash... <laughs> Conspiracy Social Club. When people ask, is everything a conspiracy? The answer is yes. Who and what is controlling everything and why? They, they practice sorcery. I can't argue against magic. <laughs> I don't know what it is that we live on, but I believe it's a realm. This realm that we live in is the lowest level of heaven, highest level of hell. Chicken snake gods and the Anunnaki and sorcery. If Sam says the chicken snake god is running everything, I'm literally in the world of crazy. <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> You're losing. Conspiracy Social Club, aka Deep Waters. Deep Waters. Deep Waters. Deep Waters.